Somebody just say it. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Yeah, breakthrough, Lord. God, you are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God who breaks through. God, we thank you that you broke through into our lives. Probably for most of us, when we were not looking for you, you came and you, you searched us out and you drew us to yourself that we would receive life, abundant life, that we would live a life of abundance and breakthrough. So we give you thanks tonight, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you paid it all on the cross. That according to Ephesians 1, 3, that every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has been given to us, access has been given to us through what you did for us on the cross. So we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We thank you for what you've done already. And we look to you with marvel, with wonder, and with hearts filled with worship and adoration because you are good. You're good and you are worthy of it all. You're worthy of our worship. Thank you tonight, Lord. Guys, we're gonna we're gonna have a time of communion. Before we do that, I don't know where these guys are gonna lead us. There's so many ways that the body and the blood of Jesus apply to our lives. What he did on the cross for us goes way beyond just the forgiveness of sins, way beyond deliverance from spiritual oppression way beyond even healing for our physical bodies, our souls, our hearts. It goes beyond that. Jesus gave us access through his broken body on the cross. He gave us access to step into the realm of heaven while we live and walk and breathe here on earth. So you can turn to your neighbor and say, you are a bi-locational person. <laughs> We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. We are in Christ. Our lives have been hidden in Christ. We've been crucified with him. We've been resurrected with him. We were raised with him and then seated with him in heaven. I don't understand it, but I believe it. I wanna believe it. I do believe it because it's truth. So I just say, Lord, sanctify me by the truth. Your word is truth. The word of God changes us, it transforms us, it sanctifies, it sets us apart. In saying that, I just, we anticipate in our, in our times of worship that we step into the, the presence of God. We, we go into the throne room of God to worship him. And in that place of worship, our ability to hear and see and sense, it's changed. It's actually affected by the presence of God. And so I, I was just seeing in the spirit something that was happening in the natural in my life this yesterday. <clears throat> Some of you may know that I'm a I'm a reef I'm a reefer. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a reef tank guy. We have a, a big 70 gallon reef tank at, at the house there, and and uh, I have to go in and weed out stuff. I have to rip out the corals that are invasive and aggressive and, and in doing that I discover what other stuff's hiding in there there's these these uh, nasty little creatures 
that multiply like crazy, but they were, some of them manifest and they're visible, but others are hiding. They're, they're called um, aptasia anemones. They're just nuisance anemones and they like to sting your corals. Corals are expensive. You don't want something nasty stinging your corals and killing them. Anyway, I say that because in worship, I was seeing those anemones attached to different places. And I felt like the Lord said that there's, I want to clarify something. I don't know what everyone in the room's physical health is. I'm not your personal doctor. You know, we all believe in HIPAA law. We don't, you know, we don't, um, the the pastor of the church doesn't call your doctor and say, I'd like to see their medical file, if you don't mind. (laughs) Kind of weird, wouldn't it? Sometimes, you know, we do go through things that we share with each other. And we're like, yeah, I, I need prayer. I'm, I've got a, you know, something going on in my body. Other times, you and I may have something going on in our bodies that we don't even know is there. And you know what? I believe that many times when that's happening, the Lord is coming in and he's healing that before you even discover it. In fact, I think when we get to heaven, when we see him face to face, we're probably going to learn a lot about what he released life to in our bodies while we were here on the earth. Now, sometimes some of those things don't get resolved in the place of worship, but I believe tonight the Lord was healing these areas inside of our bodies, whether you know it or don't know it, whether you have had a diagnosis that there's something attached to organs or parts of your body, or you don't know it. And I'm not trying to scare anybody because I believe that in the word of knowledge, when God gives us a picture of something that we, we believe he's healing, he gives us those pictures so that we can declare it so that the person who may know that they have something or don't know can receive that gift of healing. So I saw the Lord take his finger with his own blood, just like I have to take a little syringe of this stuff called Joe's juice and I squirt it in the anemone and it kills them. They shrink up. They just go poof. They could be like the size of a silver dollar in diameter. And as soon as I hit them with that juice, they just shrink up. They're gone. I feel like the Lord wants to release healing. Not, I don't feel like he wants to. I believe he is releasing healing. So whether you know you have a need for healing or you don't know, but but maybe you have a sense that, yeah, I need healing in my body because there may be something that I don't yet know about. He's going to take care of it tonight. I believe he's going to take care of it. So as we take communion, I believe that there's going to be a release of life into our physical bodies as we, as we observe the body and blood of Jesus and we consume this meal together. So if you guys are ready, you want to lead us through? just feeling his presence right now and I I come into agreement with that he does want to heal and it's his will he wants us to be healed he wants us to be healthy and whole 
He wants us to be restored again. Okay. And there's just so many things packed into the body and the blood that, that Jesus tells us about himself. Like he was telling that when he was, uh, you know, in Jerusalem, he's telling, he's telling them that this is, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the bread that was sent down from heaven and your fathers died in the desert, but I am, I am the bread of life. And so they, there was a picture of Jesus in the desert then but then he was standing before them as, it's, I'm literally here before you as the bread of life. And like when he's talking to the woman at the well, I, if, you had ask, if you ask me for, for water, I'll give you living water that you'll never thirst again. There's something to that life. He is that source of life. And Jesus talks about his father. The, the father is the source of life. And, and he, he passes on that source of life to Jesus. And, and so they're one in the, in the same. And so what we hold in our hands right now is the bread of life. And all that comes with that is the healing of Jesus. And he even encourages us, if you need to ask, ask. We don't have because we don't ask. It's okay to ask for whatever healing that you need, whether it's in your, your heart or your body, your mind, your soul, whatever it is. And he wants to heal you. And that's to the glory of his Father. It brings glory to the Father. It brings glory to his name. There's just so much in it. I, get, I feel like I could just go on longer. But Father, we thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for us, to pay the ultimate price for us, that you, are, you sent your son to be a source of life for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the door. We thank you that we not only died with you, but you you raised us up again with you to be co-heirs with you. So we thank you, Jesus, for your healing. Your healing body. We thank you that you are the bread of life and that you are the source of life for us. So let's take the bread, guys. Thank you, Jesus. See, he had to die for us. Because if he didn't die for us, 
we would still be separated from him. And then after he resurrected, he had to go back to the Father. He had to ascend back into heaven so that he could send the Holy Spirit to us to be our teacher and our helper. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, it, it Jesus says it's like um, it become it becomes a spring of water within us that wells up to eternal life. And so he's a source of life, and he's put a spring in us to be that that well of life. And so here we have in our hands the blood of Jesus. the lifeblood of Jesus. And this blood atones for our sins and washes us clean, and we are made righteous. It's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to come into belief with this, but even Jesus, when, spe when he's speaking the word, he's making you clean. He's washing you clean with his word. He's washing us clean with his word. But his blood is also atoning for our sins and we come into righteousness. And now we're coming into that reality that we are restored back to the Father. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you, Jesus, that you, you shed your blood. You were the perfect sacrifice for us. You are the Lamb of God. You atone for our sins. You wash us clean. You are the doorway. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's drink the cup together. So far, so good. <clears throat> Hope I don't mess it up now. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Well, it's, it's been a good night, and I believe God has something to encourage us with, encourage all of us. <clears throat> I feel like even after some of the first part I'm going to share, there's just going to be something that we can all put in our tool belt and take with us and begin to use. So... A little bit of training and equipping included this evening. You know, the scripture says in Proverbs 29, 18, that without prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. You know, we've talked about this probably a couple weeks in a row now. But the scripture is clear that it's important for us to have vision, prophetic vision. What is prophetic vision? It's being able to see prophetically, to see what God is seeing. Sometimes, you know, we see just what we see on the natural level, 
you can, you know, see obvious. We can make, um, we can call out what we look at. You know, we can say, ah, oh, that person, you know, they're they're trapped in some drug issues, and they, you know, they need to get free. Well, because they're living homeless, and it's obvious, and they're shaking and doing whatever they're doing, picking apart a radio and breaking it into pieces, and trying to see which part's talking to them or something. I don't know. I'm not making fun of that either, because you know, actually, I've been there before. Not quite that bad, but. But I know the effect of, of drugs on the mind, especially when you don't sleep for days. So it's easy to make visual assessments, and we wouldn't call that a prophetic assessment. Recently, I was listening to a teaching on healing, and Chuck Perry was talking about the word life in the Bible. There's three ways that that word is used. There is the, the first way is, uh, what was it now? Boy, I hope I can remember. Um, Bios. Bios. It's where we get the word biology. It's physical, physical life, right? The second word is suke, you know, P-S, you know, pasuke, like where we get psychology, you know, psychiatric, you know, the psyche. So that's, that's a form of life as well. And then there is the heavenly life, that is Zoe life, Zoe. You know, we can receive information from all three of those sources of life. We can receive information from the invisible realm based on physical life, based on emotional, you know, the this, suke this life would be like your emotions, your mind, and, you know, your, the feelings. We can get information from that as well. But, but our goal, hopefully all of us would agree, that our goal is to receive information from the throne. Like the Spirit of God who lives inside of us, he's the one, he's the voice that we want to hear when it comes to prophetically seeing and having prophetic vision. So this house, this church, we as individual Christians, we call ourselves a, a church that is being built on, a, on an apostolic prophetic foundation. You could go into a whole teaching on the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4. But to shorten it up in a nutshell, we believe that apostles and prophets are still at work today in the body of Christ. They are gifts given by Christ to the church to equip us, to equip us to do ministry. So as a prophetic people, we receive prophetic input and prophetic training to help us hear the voice of God and to know what God is saying to us through his word, okay, this is, this is the plumb line, this is, this is the source of information where we weigh all, uh, what's the other word, the other prophetic, the other word, the, we've got the rhema, when we hear the rhema word, which is the freshly spoken word of God, when the Holy Spirit is giving us a word, and the, those words come to us not just through English, if you're English speaking, they may come to you through a picture, like me seeing the anemones tonight. Or you may get a feeling, a sense of something that God is depositing in you. You might actually get a word of knowledge and feel a part of your body having pain that you didn't have before. And the Lord is trying to tell you, I'm going to heal the left elbow and that person who's here tonight with left elbow pain. So these are all ways that God speaks to us. So as a prophetic people, we obviously lean first of all, into the word of God, and we, and we weigh all other words according to the scripture. <clears throat> now, there's stuff that, that you hear prophetically that is not written in the Bible, like there's nothing in here about 
aptasia anemones, okay? But, but we know, we, we weigh it against, or we weigh it with the truth that if it doesn't contradict the word of God, it, it's not anti-biblical. Now, there are things that people could speak that are anti-biblical, and we would judge those words, and we would reject it. We would flush. We call that flushing. And when we do prophetic training in this church, we, we have a, a part of the teaching where we learn how to flush. Because what we don't want to do is have the first time someone says something that is like an anti-biblical word, and we know their heart maybe is not intending to bring something that is anti-biblical. They just think they're hearing God, so they release a word, and it's judged because we're supposed to judge prophetic words, hold on to what is good, and get rid of what is not good, Okay. It, the, the warning in scripture is not to despise prophecy. So we don't want to ever hear someone give a bad word and then cast them into eternal rejection of being able to ever give a prophetic word accurately because they're apparently a false prophet. Now, we don't want to do that. We, what we want to do is create a culture of the prophetic in our church, in our own lives. Like as a mail carrier, I want to be able to hear the voice of the Lord and receive prophetic words to give to people because I'm telling you, the prophetic will break open an opportunity to bring the gospel to somebody. You can break the break into the heart of a man or a woman by hearing the voice of God for them, what he is saying about them and releasing that and it will open up their heart. I've seen it happen over and over and it's happened to us. So the, the prophetic, it, it applies to so many things. We lean into the prophetic for this church we lean into the pre prophetic for ourselves. So tonight is going to be, and we lean into the prophetic for other people. Tonight is going to be a little smorgasbord of the prophetic. I have two powerful prophetic words that were given to us as a church. Now, <clears throat> one of the things I want to do, uh, I'm just going to kind of highlight this. We don't need to do a prophetic act. Boy, I'm using the word prophetic. Hope I don't sound pathetic. We don't need to get up and do a prophetic act, although you could. I shared this with these guys earlier <clears throat> in, in some teaching and with a conversation I had with somebody um, close to us. There's a prophetic act that we can do when there is a history behind us of things not turning out right. There's a history possibly behind us of, I'll just make something up that I heard. Well, I won't, that's not making it up. I'll, I'll mention something that I heard this week where... The month of March for a person has always been a negative month. It's always something always bad happens in March for them. Hmm, it's curious. What could that be? Do we need to start binding the devil? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But there are some things that we can do. We can hear what God is saying, and we can make a prophetic act. So the prophetic act that would apply, I believe, would apply to that, that was... Um, something that I heard this last week or two weeks now is that you can draw a line in the sand. You can make an invisible line across the floor right here and whatever expectation you had for the negative for based on your experience from the past, you can actually choose right now to step over that line and declare as you're stepping over, behold, the old is gone the new has come. There's other versions of that. I had it open on my, on my phone that sound a little bit better, but you guys know the, the idea. The scripture says, you don't have to add the behold, but you know, behold, the old is gone. Like yesterday is gone. What does Paul say in Philippians? 
What do I do to press on towards the goal? I forget what is behind, and I press on towards the goal for which Christ has called me heavenward. Now, the scripture from 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, you know, you are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And I, I love some of the other older versions, like King James, where it uses the behold, because it just, I don't know, it just sounds, it's got a little extra finesse on it. But the old is gone. Behold, all things are new. God, our God, the one that you have a relationship with, that you gave your heart to, he is the God that makes things new. Like he took your terrible little life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and made it all brand new. And now look at you. Look at you. Just, I can tease this guy because I, I know him. I can look at my, myself in the mirror. I don't even have to do that. I can just... I can go over the past. I can go over my whole history before Jesus. And yeah, it was ugly. It was more than ugly. <clears throat> I won't use any extra words to describe it, but it was, it was not good. I was, on a, I was on the highway to hell. <laughs> I won't sing it, but anyway. <laughs> but God broke in and he took my heart and he made it new. He actually gave me a new heart. Like I could see, I could sense the, the reality of the world around me new. That is what he does. And we don't have to be a victim of our past or a, a ongoing repetitious occurrence every March or whatever, every family holidays. There you go. That one can apply to pretty much everyone in the room if, if you've had a negative experience around the holidays. I'm just saying we have an opportunity to step over the line. We can make a line before God in the sand, an invisible line, or you can make a real one if you want, and we can choose to step over. <clears throat> Without prophetic vision, we throw off restraints. We don't make a line. We just fall into despair, um, doing whatever we can find to make us feel better because life sucks without being able to see what God has for us. You know, it just things just look terrible. There's no hope. There's just what we're experiencing all around us. And if you watch the news, you know, it's not great. Well, you know, there's some hope coming down the pike here. But anyway, if you choose to find it. So where am I going with all of this? Prophetic vision. So this church, we started this church with a prophetic word. When that young lady, Crystal, said to you and I, Tammy, whoa, she was doing that, whoa, I hear God say, you are here for clarity, direction, and you were to go plant that church. And, of course, that's exactly why we were there, and nobody knew us. Tammy always likes to add that part. Nobody knew us. We didn't tell anyone. But that's what we were carrying in our hearts. That's the, that was the secret, the dream in our hearts, and she called it out. We started, that, we started this church with a word, and we hold on to the prophetic. We have to remind ourselves of prophetic promises so that we won't get discouraged by what we see. So... As a church, you know, this is your second time visiting, as a church, we want to see the church grow. There are families that are a part of this church that aren't here tonight, so it doesn't help us who know what it might look like when people come in. And I'm, honestly, I'm not worried about that because what I do lean back on is I know that when people come in to visit our church, that they are either going to get a sense from the Holy Spirit that this is where I want to be, this is where I feel the peace of God, this is where I feel safe, and this might be the perfect landing place for someone. Other people, God does not 
want them necessarily to be here. He might have something in another place that's going to better fit their season and their walk with him. It's, I don't know how it works, but I just know that he, he knows. He knows how to get you where he wants you to go. So I go back to what I was saying that we have to hold, we have to hold on to prophetic promises that God has spoken over this church. And I believe with all my heart, according to words that we've received, that we are on the verge of a breakthrough. Now, it's not all about numbers. It's breakthrough that we were declaring tonight before the meeting started. There are things that we want to see that we have tasted of that we want more of God, uh, more of him in our lives, in our experience as a church, as a body of believers. We want more of his presence manifested. We want more healings to take place. We want to see miracles and signs and wonders. And not just that, we want to have people that will come in that we can actually ignite them into their calling by God. And not just what we think their calling is, but the biblical calling for every Christian to become a son or a daughter of God, to know that that's how God sees you and how he sees me, that you have been crowned with royal authority according to John 1.12. You have been given Regal authority, which it's not translated that way. It just says you've been given the right, but that's exousia. We talked about that last week. You've been given that Greek word exousia to become the children of God. You've been given royal authority to become the children of God. So we want to wake people up into their true identity in Christ, that you have been anointed by God as a royal priest, a, a royal son and daughter, that you're number one, that you're actually a minister now, that you got saved that your first ministry is unto the Lord, so you're, hey, now you're a worshiper. You get, you get to worship him. You don't have to go to church and worship. You get to. You get to worship him while you're in the shower, washing your hair, singing in tongues, whatever you do, whatever your thing is. You get to be a worshiper. You get to minister to him. And you don't have to wait to start praying for people. Once you're saved, you get the Holy Spirit to come into you immediately because that's the only way you are saved is when he comes in to uh, take up residence within inside of you. And then you become a minister who can pray for people. You've actually got power now to cause a demon to fall, fly out of somebody. You don't have to go through as, as good as those classes are to learn how to do deliverance. You actually don't have to go to classes. In fact, sometimes baby Christians, they don't even know what they're doing, but God just knows how to get them to do what he wants. Okay, let's get into some prophetic, prophetic. Some people say it that way, don't they? The prophetic. Let's get into some prophetic words. I have two prophetic words that were given to this church. So if you guys are ready, I'm going to let these roll. This is Mother Teresa. Teresa Ferrelli, dear mother in the faith to us. You are the glory carriers of God, the light of his truth, and you, church, this church, Legacy Church, is a glory carrier. The Lord showed me in my prayers that this was not just a receiving church, but a sending church. Oh, a sending church. I wonder what that means, really, in the fullness of it. I may, I may think I know what it means, but actually... I see people coming and going. I saw, I saw a picture of the doors of the church being very wide like this, and hands came out from the side. I saw people coming in, but I saw Pastor Scott consecrating and commissioning people to go. 
You know, I think that's really about what the word is, this corporate word that is landing over you. You are in the favor and in the blessing of God, and everywhere you go in this city, in this region, in this land, you are called to release blessing, come into the union of godly thinking that creates impact for the city of Bremerton. I, I looked up Bremerton when, when we came, Lori and I did, and we found out that Bremerton in the article that we read meant house of God. Well, that's who you are. I know that Bethel has that meaning, but it said Bremerton meant the house of God. The man that originated this town was a man who was a godly follower. He was a philanthropist, and he set lands aside and monies aside to make sure that this town would continue and remain a thriving town. And one of the first things he did was establish church. That's the legacy that he left for Bremerton, and you're part of that legacy. Imagine it. You see, the life of that man continues forward in the legacy that he led and le left for all of you. That church was the first beacon of light that began to stroll and roll across, across the land that called feet back into the presence of God. You are those feet that have come before the Lord. As his priests and as a nation of priests, you are the ones that rise up in the sanctuary of his temple, which is right here, and you release the good news, the word, the power, the pressing truth that changes the lives of individuals, that releases those that are shackled down, that lifts up the broken back, that heals those who are suffering in great distress. You are the ones who release the word of God through the sanction of heaven that begins to open up the possibility of promise in life that every human being on the face of the earth was meant to experience. And your, your role is that role right here in this city. It's not by accident that you carry this name. It is the name that the Lord highly favored over this church. Yes, you all have something to do with it, but God gives all good things, doesn't he? And there is a true blessing and a meaning that carries this church in the name of this church for the legacy that is meant for each one of you to carry out in and amongst the people. God is calling his people, and he is calling and expecting his church to rise up. You are being given rods of gold down your spine to stand straight in the truth and in the passion of heaven, his song, his life for each and every one of you. You will not walk out the same way that you walked in. God is imparting and releasing today. He wants you to understand the power of the blessing that he spoke over his people then and what he speaks over you now. 
This blessing doesn't go away at one o'clock in the afternoon. It carries with you every moment of every hour of every day. I pray, God, that you will even release right now an awareness that is so great in and amongst this church that no matter what hour of the day it is, no matter what day of the week it is, that, Lord, your awareness and your presence will rise up like it's never risen before. That, God, they will bring the glory and the carrying of your spirit with them every everywhere they go, that they will be city changers, they will be revolutionists, they will move to change and speak and declare the blessings of your hand and your grace over everyone and everything they see. But more than that, God, I pray that they will walk out of that declaration with a confidence that says, amen. I miss Teresa. <clears throat> But I did get in contact with her and uh, just let her know we're thinking about her. And she says she's praying and thinking about us. Our relationship with her goes way back. She's a, she's a prophet to the church, <clears throat> to the body of Christ. And we've received her as a prophet, even though some of us have never had a chance to meet her in person. The weird thing about COVID was it messed everything up, didn't it? Well, at least according to what we see in the natural. But a lot of God stuff was taking place and still is taking place. But the sad part was it caused a lot of relational connections to become disconnected and it made it a lot harder for things. And she is a, a overseer of an adult care house. And so that was her, I think it is still her full-time thing. So that's a powerful word. That is a word that says that, that not just members of this church, but, but it was for this church, that the believers that come together in a place have been, have been equipped with power, like the power of God to take the word of God and to bring a release of truth, as she said, the pressing truth. And I heard that so clear. It's like, it's not just pick a random scripture, you know, that, this is all truth in this book, but you know, Genesis 1 1 is probably not going to be the, the verse I go out there to declare. You know, it's going to be. What is the pressing truth right now? It may be a scripture highlighted by God here, but what is he speaking out of our hearts over our city? What is it he wants us to partner with to release in this town that will bring freedom, that will heal the broken back and the, the, the broken heart? Okay, so here's another word, the second word. It's a lot shorter. And I, I have a few words in English because this is the guy who, um, Angelo Jean-Pierre, who led the team to the church that this was our first, our second service when we got this space. So this March will be the third year that we've been in this building. Hence why I mentioned, you know, where, where are we seeing what we are hoping to see? You know, not just people, but people and more. The, the movement of God. The, the filling, the training and equipping of saints to go into our city, not so that we could have a name for ourselves, but so that we can impact Bremerton with powerful pillars, people that will go out and release the kingdom. So this guy, <clears throat> who Jean-Pierre called the Swiss chocolate because he's from Switzerland, I don't know about the chocolate part, it's because he's so smooth. Um, he, he had a prophetic word for us, so I have some of it in English, so I'm going to go ahead and roll this one. 
talking. Um, I, saw, I, I saw you guys in, in front of, a, of two contracts, and you were uh, sign, uh, you had a, a pant there, a pant, pant, yeah. painter, yeah, yeah, pant, pant. Well, pant. I'm so sorry. No, no. Um, and I, I saw you. One was two things are written. Was on one was written uh, a big number, a lot of people and uh, incredible opportunities, and the other one was written the Holy Spirit presence. Um, and it was about perseverance, about breakthrough, and go, going after it. And I don't know if the well, I, I know it makes sense. I, um, but I, I know how it, how it looked like. Um, but you really got somehow the opportunities to pass to like this this huge thing or doing this huge thing. Um, but you ch chose the opportunity just to be. We won't have the presence. We won't have the presence. More yeah, important than anything else. So um, through that, I really saw it will it will grow. I have to read it maybe. Um, I saw one with many people and a good contract, it was the one, and you signed the other. The other was the presence of God written on it. It wasn't easy in the beginning, hard, then after three years start to increase in power and number. I think, yeah, in three years it starts to increase in power and number. And it's going to be fruit, number's going to be the fruit of it. So just bless you in that. And you did a good job in signing the right thing. about the contracts you know this is a prophetic picture he was seen when they were here visiting as a team he wrote it all down and then gave it to us at the very end of the night back there by the table and uh, I I've had to listen to it very closely because it was hard to understand but it's true about us that we we are a church that we want the presence it's his presence that has sustained us through the small times. The scripture says, one of our favorite verses in this church, do not despise what? The days of small beginnings. So we don't despise these times because actually he is what we're hungry for. He is who we're hungry for. We want Jesus. We want the power of the Holy Spirit to come. And even if it's just like the Alcorn family only here, we will soak up his goodness. Uh, but, so it's like there's a tension. There's this, this tension between being thankful and giving praise for what we do have. Like I could look back three years ago, this, this day, this year, this day three years ago, and we were still in my living room. We were still having church with totally different people, <laughs> except, for, except for Judy and my kids, my mother and, and my kids. And, uh, of course, my dad and my mom were, you know, there in the house. But mom was going through her, her tough time. But, but we had church in the house. And it was different. It was a pruning back from what we had a public experience of pri prior to COVID. But God was in the middle of it. Because the space that we had then was a rented space for four hours on a Sunday, and it was gross. It was like, we made the best of it. It was the Boys and Girls Club, so you can imagine what kind of stuff was going on in there during the week. There's just crumbs and goobers everywhere. It was gross. And we had to go in and you know sanitize and set up and tear down every week, and my kids probably got very tired of doing that. But Remember rolling out those tables, slamming them in half, and then rolling them into another room, setting out the chairs. We had things to measure just so we didn't have to overthink it every week anyway then God opened up this space it was it was a miracle it was a gift of his grace to give us space and and it was just enough of a commitment uh, legally through the contract for a year and 
the Christian owner of this complex has been so generous to us to let us stay here now on a third year. So with that said, we've gone after the presence, and we always will. And if for some reason things change, God's presence is never going to not come because you carry him, I carry him everywhere I go. And it's too late. I've already been awakened. I've had the great awakening. I now know that not only do I carry him everywhere I go, but I get to release him everywhere I go. I get to walk into the post office tomorrow morning, and I get to release the shalom of heaven in that place and just worship Jesus while I'm putting the mail in those slots on the case and just be like, God, let your glory fill this room. Save my coworkers. Give me a word. Give me a prophetic word for some of these, these folks that I'm with here. So anyway, prophetic vision. Without it, we're going to we're, we're perish. We're going to die. There's going to be a dying church without prophetic promises. If we only based on what we could see in the natural, then we're going to be discouraged. I find hope in the promises of God. And not only in what other people have spoken, but you and I have the ability to hear the voice of God for ourselves. That's even more important than going and getting a prophetic word. We get to go down to Bethel in March, the first week of March, and we pray, God, give us a powerful word from someone. Maybe it'll be Chris Valentin will give us a prophetic word. That would be the ultimate. But, but we're leaning into God for some clarity, some clarity for the next season. But we believe that we're at this three-year mark, like he says there. After three years, there will be increase. Well, March is going to be the third-year mark. I don't know how far into the three-year mark we're going to have to wait, but that is what we want. We want to see an increase in the power manifestation of God's presence and people who will receive it because we're going to get bored if it's just, you know, just the Alcorn family and David and Cara here. Anyway, I could, could... No, no. If you guys don't realize it, yeah, these two are like a, a just the, they're the wild ones. They're, they're burning with the fire of God, and they get wild in the spirit. <clears throat> and they're going to really get their feet blasted and their head, hands and head. They're going to get blasted all over when we go down to Bethel because they've never been down there. So anyway, we're going to take the last bit of our time. This is going to push us just slightly over 8 o'clock. But I, I believe it's going to be worth it because you don't have to hear me preach, okay? We're going to go through some activation. So I believe it's six sections of training. And this is kind of an experiment. Normally, I would start this, this um, prophetic training stuff, like we'd set aside a Wednesday uh, series, like six weeks on Wednesday nights to go through it. But this is just kind of, just to give us a taste of it. I'm not saying that we're going to go into the second part next week. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. But you, you'll find out. You give me some feedback if you liked it or not. And uh, some lucky winner tonight might get the copy of all the, the notes from the manual for, that goes with this session. So here we go. We're just going to let um, Dan, Dano McCollum speak. Welcome to the first module of the Activate School of Prophecy. People have been asking us for years, can we stream our live school? And it doesn't really translate into a home experience. So our prophetic trainers got together and developed this course just for you. It's something that works at home that has 30 videos that will give you the biblical basis, the practical applications, 
coaching tips from some of our trainers. It will give you demonstrations of how to prophesy and then the activations that our courses are famous for. You're also going to experience some reflection pages where you can think about the ideas and journal down your answers of how you would respond to new concepts within the Word. And finally, there's going to be a quiz at the end just to test your memory and to propel you into the next level of prophetic activation. And so we're so glad that you've joined with us. Why not get started now? We're going to start today's lesson with one of my favorite ways to prophesy, and that's prophesying using someone's name. This is actually really biblical because we find it in the scripture in the very beginning in Genesis 17 that God prophesied over Abram, his friend, and changed his name from Abram, which means exalted father, to Abraham, which means exalted father of many or of a multitude. And that's so cool because at this time, Abram and Sarah didn't have any kids at all. And God's not only renewing this promise of a child to him, but he's actually saying that your children are going to be as many as the sands of the seashore. Your descendants are going to make a difference throughout generations to come. And so God the Father prophesies over Abram using the meaning of his name and then upgrading it to something that would apply for generations to come. And we see Jesus doing a very similar thing in Matthew 16 when he asked his disciples the question, who do men say that I am? And they began to give different answers. And finally, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus affirms him and says, wow, you heard from heaven on this one. And then he begins to tell him who he is. He says, you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so what are we seeing there? That Jesus is using the meaning of his name. Peter means rock. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The first thing that we want to realize in this lesson is that we're not just making this stuff up. We're not just doing word associations. We're using biblical methods that God the Father used to prophesy. We're using biblical methods that Jesus used to prophesy in significant characters within the Bible and very significant destinies that would affect uh, all of our lives for years and years to come. And so we know that it's okay to prophesy using a name. with me so we don't have to pause very long so in between these these some of these are about five minutes others are a couple minutes so <clears throat> tonight's activation is to learn how to prophesy according to a name and I don't know if you guys remember the first time the last time you were here I, I actually went back tonight on my phone I was like oh yeah I already I already gave them a word according to their names uh, Jens you know meaning righteous and Jen you know meaning fair uh, light skin just 
It was just a word, but, but what happened was God used that, what I learned about the meaning of your name, to inspire me to, to lean into what he had to say about those things, about your name. So that was the biblical basis. Now we're going to go into the next part. Now that we can see that prophesying over a name is a biblical thing to do, we want to discover how do we do it? How do we begin to access that information uh, from the Lord? And so I want to share with you three basic methods that we use to begin to stir up the gift of God that's inside of us to prophesy over someone's name. The first one is the word etymology, which means the meaning of the name or the word origin of the name. And this is what God the Father did. This is what Jesus did. Uh, where they were taking the meaning of Abram's name, exalted father, the meaning of Peter's name, the word rock, and then formulating a prophetic word around it. And so what do we do? We look up the meaning of someone's name or we ask them, do you know what your name means? And then we see what the Lord is saying about their name. You know, someone's name is attached to their identity and their identity speaks to their destiny or their calling or their future. And so we know that these things are not just random. These things are connected in the heart of the Father and he wants to speak those treasures into our life. I remember uh, one time I met a lady named Mara and I asked her, do you know what your name means? And she said, yeah, it means bitter. And she was really like disappointed. I hate my name. I said, oh no, your name doesn't mean bitter. Your name comes from the Bible. And it was the place where the bitter waters were made sweet. And I began to speak to her about her ability to change the atmosphere and, and to shift things that were not pleasant into something that's awesome. And she begins to cry and she's like, oh my gosh, I love my name. I mean, I love that ability to turn around someone's identity that will then shape their destiny, it'll shape their future. And you can do that through the meaning of someone's name. So that's the first way that we apply this principle of prophesying over somebody's name. The second one is a associative exercise. In other words, sometimes you hear someone's name and immediately you think of someone else who has that name. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a historical figure, maybe it's a Bible character. Once again, we see this in scripture when the father actually would prophesy over people and say, you are like your father, David, speaking of King David. And then they would associate how there was a common virtue between their lives or common destiny between their lives. And so this happens to you sometimes randomly. You meet someone, they say their name, and immediately another person with that name pops into your head. Realize that that's God speaking to you, and that's the ability to then prophesy over their lives. What you would say about that person, there's something common that God is associating with this person and he wants to speak to their destiny. And I, I remember one time I met a young man named Michael and as soon as I shook his hand, I saw Michael Jordan. Now, this guy did not look like a basketball player. He was kind of short in stature and kind of stocky. And, and, and so I knew that it wasn't that he was a basketball player or that he loved basketball, but I said, you know, Father, just in my heart, I'm whispering to the Lord, uh, Father, in what way is he like Michael Jordan? And, uh, and he said he's a game changer. Michael Jordan was known for the fact that he could come into a game where they were behind and he could take control and shift how the game was going. 
And so I said, wow, you have a game changer grace on your life, a game changer gift on your life. And I began to speak to that. Once again, the tears began to fall. He recognized that that was true about his life. And so it was through the association of his name being Michael, I see Michael Jordan dialoguing with Holy Spirit. In what way is he like Michael Jordan? And then I never said anything about Michael Jordan to him. I just spoke to him about his game changer anointing. And so that's a little bit of how that works. The final way that we can apply this prophesying over people's names is in the area of sounds like. And there's kind of two ways that this happens for me. One is maybe their name sounds like another word or another phrase, like someone introduces themselves and says, my name is Carolyn, and it sounds like caroling or singing happy songs, singing Christmas songs in a group, something like that. And I might speak then to about a love for singing or, or how there's a group of people that just awakens the song of her heart, you know, something like that. Or sometimes you'll hear someone's name and when they speak it, you hear something different than what they said. Pay attention to that because it's not always that you're uh, hearing their name wrong. Sometimes you're hearing their name in the spirit rather than mishearing what they said. And so again, just take a moment in your heart to ask the Lord what he might be saying through that similar sound or through the sound that you heard, the name that you heard, and then begin to speak from that place, from that treasure. Remember that everything we share is to encourage, to strengthen, and to comfort people. We like to say, if you don't know if this is encouraging, then lay your hand on your head, speak it over yourself, and if you don't like it, don't share it with anybody else. <laughs> but if it's a good word and you like it and encourages you, then speak it out because that is the essence of New Covenant prophecy. So good. That's a takeaway point. If you're going to prophesy and you're not sure how it might be received by that person, try that. How would you feel if you received that word? So this is, this is just one basic form of, of the prophetic. This isn't like, you know, th there are prophets that will hear a very directive word, like what Tammy and I got, you know, go plant that church. That, that was a different, a different type of the prophetic. But all Christians can prophesy in this basic prophetic way to encourage and, and uh, exhort and edify the body of Christ. And as you grow and exercise the muscle of prophecy, hearing the voice of God, you're going to start to hear more and more clearly, and you're going to find opportunities to speak to somebody about what you're hearing God say for them. And it's really, I can testify, it's a really powerful tool. So here's the next part. Now it's time to activate this skill in your life of prophesying over somebody's name. I'm going to invite you in this first activation to, to uh, take three to five family members or friends. Write down the name of three to five family members or friends and begin to craft a prophetic word over their life using one or more of these methods. I want you to start by writing them down and then you can kind of decide what to do with them. You can uh, email it to them, you can text it to them, you can write it on a nice card. Uh, we had a baby dedication where the prophet Graham Cook wrote a scroll over our child and it was a prophetic word and he put it 
turned on this beautiful scroll and gave it to us as a gift at the baby dedication. I think you can do that for birthdays, baby dedications. You can do it for a marriage ceremony. And all those things are really, really beautiful ways of delivering a prophetic word. I want you to ask the Lord right now what he's saying over you concerning your name. And this can be a powerful time. Remember that prophecy isn't just the ability to hear for somebody else. Prophecy is the ability of you hearing the voice of God in your life so that you can get direction, so that God can speak to your identity and to your destiny. And I want you to activate and to develop that skill. So right now, I want you to take your name meeting or your name association, or your uh, name sounds like some a similar sound, and ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying about my name? When you say my name, what do you think of? And, uh, and just begin to journal that with the Lord and create that. And there's several beautiful things that you can do with the meaning of your name uh, when you're done. Like, I like to write these things out in kind of an identity statement and then uh, formulate that into uh, something that's that's pretty to look at, you know, and post it on a wall or carry it with me and remind myself of who the Lord is saying that I am. So this is a really powerful exercise. Be sure to take some time to do this and to activate the meaning of a name. Okay, here's your final activation. And what I want you to do is I want you to go out into the world this week and I want you to look for someone who's wearing a name tag and then prophesy over the meaning of their name. Come on, it's time to take the prophecy outside the walls of the church and to encourage and comfort to strengthen others uh, with the word of prophecy. Now, here's the deal. You don't have to tell them that you're prophesying. You don't even have to tell them that you're hearing from God. You can just say, you know, you impress me as someone who is like this, you know, and then just begin to speak to them or you can simply ask them, hey, do you know what your name means? And they share uh, the meaning of their name or you can look it up while they're gone, you know, maybe the waiter at your table and you see their name tag while they're gone getting drinks. You can Google and find out what the meaning of their name is. Ask the Lord what he's saying about them. When they come back, you know, go, hey, I was thinking about the meaning of your name. Do you know what it means? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. And then you speak into the meaning of their name and say, you know, I just feel like that's because you're this kind of person or I can see that it's because you're this kind of person and you speak that encouragement into their lives. So I want you to activate your prophetic gift with the meaning of a name, sounds like, name association, any of those things and take it to the streets and activate your gift of prophecy to encourage others. Okay, I think it's done. So that, yeah, this part is done. So that's our challenge this week. If you guys want to participate in this with me, I'm going I'm, to, I've already been doing this for quite a while, but I'm looking forward to <clears throat> taking it a little further. So the challenge was write three names down of people that you know and craft a prophetic word for them. I've done this many times. There's a, a I shouldn't say young man, I don't know how old he is, a guy that runs this uh, bubble tea place over here with his, he owns it with his sister. His, not his real name is Tofan, his actual name is Elias. And I was like, oh, interesting. <clears throat> I actually crafted a prophetic word, I typed it on my phone, and I, I just prayed about it, and I, and I felt that when the time was right, I would 
ask him if he would like to know what I got for him and list because he, kn he knows I'm a pastor. <clears throat> and when I gave him that word, the look on his face, he was, I could tell he was being impacted by it. It was, and, and it has cracked open something up in our connection and our relationship. Um, another time, you know, where sh he said that something, sometimes you'll hear a name and then you hear something different. A coworker of mine, I thought that he said his name was Jordan. <clears throat> and I actually asked people in the church at that time, if they, I'm praying for this coworker, his name's Jordan. Let's press into the Lord and see what you get and then let me know. And so I typed up this long thing and I found out his name's not Jordan, but I felt that everything that was in that word was for him. So three names, if you can think of three people that you want to send a prophetic word to, it's fun to text them sometimes. Hey, I was thinking about you and you don't have to tell them you're looking up the meaning of their name, but, or you can just do however God leads you in that, but just pray for them and, and just hear what God says. And, and I would encourage you, I haven't done this yet is I have not given myself a prophetic word for my name. I haven't asked God, what do you say about my name? So I thought that was pretty cool. And then the name tag thing. I think it's been something that has got my attention before, um, but I would, like to, I would like to step into this more and more. I, I know that not every opportunity when we're out at restaurants, sometimes, you know, date night is date night, and it's not ministry night. But there are times. Um, Tammy and I were floating around in the pool down in, in Mexico, and what was that place called? That, uh, the city Cabo. Cabo so we went to Los Cabos our first time to Mexico floating around in the pool sipping our you know frozen drinks that are very weak <laughs> <coughs> so you have to have like 20 of them <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding <laughs> um, in a, a African-American couple they're swimming around too and I when I heard it was her birthday I was like oh man I felt the weight of the presence of God on me and so I was like asked her her name, and when she said her name was Gail, immediately I heard gale force wind. And so I was like, Tammy, what, I think I asked you. You were like, is this okay? And I'm like, yes, go for it. <laughs> when, I, when I gave her that word about her name, what I heard was gale force wind. She was like, just like frozen in the water. And the next day she said something broke off of her when we, because I was like, it's your birthday. You should hear what God has to say about you. So anyway. All of that said, you know, if, if you guys want to have fun, take three names, take your own name, craft a prophetic word. I think that's probably the best prophecy you can give yourself is, is one you give yourself. And then let's maybe find a name tag. So here's, um, that was activation. <clears throat> so here is an example. Demonstration. There we go. Hi, my name is Bethany Hicks, and I'm one of the prophetic trainers here with Prophetic Company, and I'm with Dan McCollum right now. And we just thought it would be a fun idea and a great idea to really demonstrate for you some of the activations that we've been talking about. And so in this particular session, we're going to do some demonstrations of what's in a name. Okay, we should maybe make it a little harder. Let's do middle names. Okay, well, my middle name is easy. Your middle name is not as easy. Okay, your middle name is Sarah. Sarah. Right. And it means? It means princess or princess. noble woman. <laughs> I forgot my tiara. <laughs> she never forgets her tiara. <laughs> yep. Well, obviously when somebody's name means princess or noble woman. Yes. Um, I know that. Obviously. That the, the name originally Sarai um, Abraham's wife and then was changed to Sarah right. and part of it was like Abram and Abraham 
It was uh, uh, an upgrade of their name, but it was also inserting the name of Yah into their name ah. of Yahweh. And so, again, I feel like Sarai speaks of, and Sarah speaks of then God inserted into your princess. So ah. there's princesses who are divas, <laughs> but then there are princesses who have a regal authority because of how they walk with God. And yeah. you are that noble woman that walks in regal authority because of how you abide with Christ. Wow. Well, how's that for a word? That sounds pretty good. And I've had other words about carrying royalty and walking, you know, with influencers and stuff like that. And so even that from resonates. people who didn't know exactly your name meant. Right. Had right. nothing to do with my names. I mean, yeah. it, it's consistent with other prophetic words I've gotten. So that's, that's really good. That is, that's cool. So then Lee... Lee means what? Meadow. Meadow, yeah. <laughs> Meadow or clearing. Or shelter. Yeah, it's interesting because I know a clearing, when I heard clearing, um, I realized in context it meant meadow, but I started to think about another like wordplay on clearing, which is clearing out the clutter, clearing out the um, the stuff that just gets in the way. And I feel like, like for you, and because I know this about you, I know this is true also, but you have that ability to bring the... the somewhat complex or seemingly challenging um, ideas of the Lord, the things that might seem hard to understand, and you make it clear yeah. to people. You make the, the difficult things simple, and, and you have that ability with wisdom to make it relevant and simple to people, to clear the way, to clear the path for them so that they actually can run with those truths in their life and be transformed. And so I actually so can cool. see that as well. Yeah, and that, that lines up with words I've gotten over my life as well. And it's the combination of the Daniel wisdom and mysteries and the Lee, which is the clearing yeah. of making difficult things clear, which is what you just spoke. And that's been a value of mine and a call upon my life. So, guys, it's that it's that simple. Yeah. It's that easy is we're using the name meanings. We're using right. name associations. Yeah. We're using the sound-like uh, tools to, to just begin to stir up that prophetic grace. All right, so that was fun. That was fun. Do you want to do another name activation? Absolutely. Well, what was one of the other assignments you gave them that we should do, you think? I, I love the one where you scroll through your contacts. Oh, yeah, that is fun. Yeah, so here, I'll do it. Okay, let's I'm see. Put it Who's on the lucky winner? Contacts, and then I'm just going to give it a flick. You've got a lot of international friends, too. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh. What? It it's on Heather Nunn. Oh, oh, awesome. <laughs> My sister. That's your sister. Hey, let's call her. Let's, let's see what call happens. Her and let's prophesy over. Okay. Now, right. there's different ways we can do this, In though. In the moment here. Like, we could text them a prophetic word. Oh, totally. No, you can take your time and write it out. You right. can make it a text. You can make it an email. Yeah. You can send it as a card. Okay. But you well, can also call live. And that's what we'll do for you guys. We're going to call her right now. Her name is Heather. Do you have Heather. Speakerphone? I oh, do. Yeah. Hey, Heather, it's your sister. <laughs> and Dano. And Dano. We're hey, filming Dano. right now. Hey. And uh, we just did a random, we were flicking through phone numbers to pick somebody to prophesy over their names for our demonstration, and we happened to land on you. Oh, that's awesome. I know. So real quick, Heather, I mean, we wouldn't necessarily do this with everybody, but do you know what your name means? Well, I know it is a uh, flowering uh, plant that, that grows a lot over in um, like Scotland and Ireland areas. Okay, and what's your middle name? Elizabeth. Okay, 
Elizabeth. So I'm going to look at that. Do you You're have anything? Look up Elizabeth. I'm just looking oh, yeah. to see. No, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, you know, the heather, one of the things about the heather is that it's an evergreen plant. And so it's both evergreen and it's flowering. And that mm -hmm. immediately took me to Psalm 1, which uh, talks about how um, your delight is in the law of the Lord. And on it, you meditate day and night. Uh, therefore, everything she does prospers and uh, her leaf does not wither, but she bears fruit in every single season. And so the sense of being a flowering evergreen plant uh, to me speaks of that Psalm 1 kind of, of spirit that you're a person who just dwells so richly in the word that it causes a continual fruitfulness to come out of your life. And it also uh, that you're bringing forth fruit in every single season and that uh, everything you put your hand to in this next season, I believe you're going to see another level of favor and prosperity upon. That's a good word. That is a good Amen. word. Oh my gosh. But I was thinking about your middle name, Elizabeth, and there's two things that I, I don't think I've ever really looked it up actually for you. And it's interesting because one of the definitions for Elizabeth is um, God is satisfaction or God is my satisfaction. Mm. And I feel like within that, like God is not only are you so satisfied in God, but like I feel like that God is just so satisfied with you, like in who you are. Like you could not do, you wouldn't have to do another thing for him. Um, but he is just so completely satisfied. Like I, I actually sense and feel it. It's like, it's like a cup that's filled to the full, you know, like there, it can't, it can't contain any more. And I feel that like in the Lord's heart for you, but also yeah. the fact that Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist and you know, John's name means, um, like favor. It means God is gracious and favor. And I feel like you also carry that anointing, not only to be them, like you carry that favor with you, but it, it's in you and you birth favor. And I feel like your children actually carry that as well. Like you are the mother of the favored ones. Like your children will carry wow. and continue to walk in the favor and excessive favor of God in whatever they choose to do. And so, so, yeah. so yeah, that's what we kind of saw with your name. So yeah, does that cool. encourage you or minister? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, you know what's kind of cool is, so I got, this is really short, but I got a new phone and I forgot to pull over all of the prophetic words that I had on my phone for the last two years. Oh, bummer. And I know. And I've just been like sick about it. I mean, I have a lot of them written out, but this is like the first time that I am getting a prophetic word on my new phone. Yay. Yay. That's so cool. Well, and it's funny too, because the name activation is the first one we start off with. Yeah. And so, because you always start off with identity. So I think it's appropriate that on your phone and your communication, it's starting off with your name too, and speaking to who yes. you are. Yes. That's, That's awesome. awesome. All right. Well, we'll touch base later. Thanks for All answering. Right, love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> love you guys. All right. Bye. bye. Well, that was awesome. Isn't that fun? Come on. We just called her up and it happened to really <laughs> minister to her. Yeah. In that, I mean, strategic you just moment. never know. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like a random thing, but it wasn't. It was strategic. It was. And and see, that's what we want for you. It's like, yeah. um, we're activating prophecy in the real world. Right. You know, not just in a church service, but in everyday life that we are to be the encouragers. We're to be strengthening and comforting people. Yeah. And that's what prophecy does. And I love it. We have the privilege of releasing encouragement wherever we go. Yeah. Well, we hope that helped clarify even some of the activations and the assignments that we've given you. And also, 
our heart is for you to see how really simple and easy it is. It's not rocket science. And actually, because God wants you to prophesy, it's just a matter of stepping out in faith and starting to do it. And this is really one of the funnest ways and the simplest ways to step into the prophetic. So have some fun with it today and let us know on the discussion board and we'll see you next time. Okay, so there's just one final word that will give a little bit of background for some other ways this can apply. But I do want to just stress that this is like Prophecy 101. This would be the general prophetic igniting for every Christian, like young people, older people, any, any age. If you're not very comfortable in or confident that you're hearing God for more detailed things, this is a great way to exercise that muscle. Because the more you lean into God and the more you take risk and give somebody that prophetic word, it's going to build faith and confidence in you to be able to step out. And, and you're going to grow. You, the more you exercise, you start building muscle. And, and stepping in the prophetic is not something that you're just... Some people are born with because they have a gift of, or an office of prophet on their life. And some people are just wired that way where they easily hear God from early as they can remember, but, but they didn't know that it was prophecy. But for the general Christian population, most of us don't necessarily hear super clear and know how to give a prophetic word. So this is to help us. And this is just the beginning. One, one little handle to ignite us into pressing into God for somebody in the simple thing of using a name. So here's her final thoughts. And this goes a little bit beyond just names. Um, this will be the last part. And then David's going to pray for us. Yes. Hi, this is Bethany Hicks, and I'm one of the prophetic trainers here at Prophetic Company. And today I wanted to talk a little bit, give you a tip about what's in a name and how it relates to places. You know, we've already discovered that names are powerful in revealing identity and purpose for people. But did you know that actually we can do the same thing with places? Frequently in scripture, when somebody would have an encounter with the Lord in a particular location, what they do was they would mark that location so that it would be a witness and a testimony for those to come. Let's look at Genesis 28, 17 and 19. And it says this, and he, Jacob, was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And he called the name of that place Bethel. So here is Jacob who went to sleep and had that encounter. Remember when the angels were ascending and descending up the ladder. And he was so radically changed and moved by that encounter that he named that place Bethel. Here we have another example with David in 1 Samuel 5.20 where he says, And David defeated them there and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim, which means God of the breakthrough. So here we see two situations where places were named because of the encounter or the revelation that they had with God. Now, the first place was the house of God, none other than the house of God. The second place was Baal Perazim, where David saw God break through in a powerful way for him against his enemies. So he named that place breakthrough, Baal Perazim. Why is that? Because that's what God did for him there. And remember, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
So when we see a place where God has revealed himself, then we can say God did that for them and he'll do it for you. So David and Jacob both knew if I put my stake in the ground and we name this this, it will be a testimony to those to come that God did this for me and that he can do it for them. So one of the things you can do is you can look at the names of places, of cities, of regions, of countries, of ministries, of schools, of street names. There's so many places where the Lord can reveal to you his heart for a particular place or city. An example of this would be when my husband and I started a business about 10 years ago. It was a plumbing business. And when we were in the process of naming the business, we didn't want to just come up with a random name. We really believed in the power of names and how they do reveal identity and they do reveal purpose and destiny. And so one of the things we prayed about, and we really felt like the Lord was highlighting the scripture in Genesis 22:14, where Abraham was about to sacrifice his son, Isaac, and then the Lord provided the ram. And so Abraham named that place. And then he said, because on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. And so we called our business Mountain Plumbing Services because we believe that on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. So not only were we living in the mountains, but also we felt like it's not the mountain that we're living in that's going to bring our provision. It's that that we are aligning ourselves with the mountain of the Lord, who is the source of all of our income. He is our resource, and we look to him to provide all of our needs. And so that's why we called our business Mountain Plumbing Services, and it has been an phenomenal blessing ever since. Another interesting story too is the town that I live in is called Vacaville and it's in California in the United States. About nine to ten years ago, Vacaville was known for the gangs, it was known for violence, it was not a very safe place to be. So at some point in time they made a statement, they created a new slogan and this is what it said. It said, Vacaville, a place of peace. Now what's interesting back then even when that billboard went up, people were challenging it. They had no experience of Vacaville being a place of peace. But what happened was they redefined the name and the purpose of Vacaville. They said Vacaville is no longer going to be known only as a cow town, which is literally what it means, but it is a place of peace. And since that time, all of a sudden we had more police come in. There was, there was an upgrade in security. The gangs moved out. And actually now Vacaville is not only one of the safest communities that you could live in, but it was voted as one of the top 10 most livable small towns in the United States. Everything was changed because somebody noticed the name and they changed the purpose and the meaning of the name of Vacaville. Who's to say that Vacaville today would be a place of peace if somebody hadn't changed the meaning? That's a tip for you today. Go out, find the different names, ask the Lord, Lord, what was your heart? What was your design and original intent for these places, these cities, this business, this ministry? What is it you say this place is? And start declaring and believing that God absolutely has destiny for places as well as people. Awesome. That was it. So David's going to prophesy over all of us. <laughs> yeah, if it's okay. Yeah. Can we just have everybody stand up? I realize that was a that was packed full of information about prophecy. Really good, really good intro. And it's um, 
I can just tell that Holy Spirit is really trying to equip us with the tools that we need because um, this is, I'm going to wrap this back around to the glory carrier that we listened to, that prophecy of the glory carrier. Because the word that needs to be spoken into the world today is repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is the word that needs to be heard throughout the world. The other word that needs to be heard is that it is only God, only Jesus, who can forgive sins. It's only him that can atone for your sins. Jesus is the door. He's the way back. And the final one is that Lord, the Lord God is king of the universe. He's the king. The trouble is, is that right now we're in a world that is being fathered by the king of lies. So it, it kind of makes you wonder, how are we supposed to tell the truth to a lot of people who are following the king of lies? They're already deceived. How are they going to come to grips with the king of truth, the God of heaven, the, the father that we serve? And so it's not just, we, of course we want to experience the presence of God, and we want people to be healed, and we want people to be delivered, and we want signs and wonders to appear, but the purpose of all of those things is to give glory to the father. It's to open the eyes. All of a sudden, they've been in this world of deception and the darkness the entire time that, oh my goodness, I just experienced something so incredible, so powerful, so wonderful. And it glorifies him. And all of a sudden, their, their eyes are open. Oh my goodness. And that is their window to say, oh my goodness, yes, only Jesus can atone for my sins. Jesus Christ is Lord. I really encourage you guys to go back and read John. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible because Jesus is constantly arguing with the Pharisees about, you know, by the word of two or three, or or with the word of two witnesses, it, it confirms a thing. And the Pharisees were constantly arguing with them. Well, who do you say you are? And who do you say? And who do you say? Well, who do you think I am? Jesus is like, who do you think I am? Well, Jesus already had, Jesus already has confirmation from the Father. That's one. And he doesn't have to, but he did. He confirms himself. And that's, that is a confirmation according to Hebraic law. So that's something that we're not used to hearing because we're not, we're in the United States. So I'm trying to, to bring this around because, see, when we prophesy the word to people, what the Holy Spirit is saying, and the Holy Spirit is only going to say what the Father is saying. He's only saying what he's hearing from the Father. So we know, he, and he's going to glorify Jesus. He's going to glorify the Father. So we know that Holy Spirit is dependable. So there's a confirmation. So Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And the truth will set you free. This is really good. I know we would just listen to a, a kind of a, a longish winded thing about prophecy, but I want to really connect the dots and wrap this up into a package. We're already in, uh, getting the word from the Father. 
words of truth. And he may give us words about a person, and these are just some ways that we can give some truth to people so that, one, it will open their eyes, but also truth is spoken into their reality, and the truth sets them free. It's not us. It's not by our power. All we're doing is aligning with the Father. Father, what do you have to say? And we can ask, and Jesus tells us to ask. He encourages us. He wants us to ask. God, what do you think? And it's to glorify him. Now let's get to the glory characters, car- car- carriers. <laughs> the glory carriers. Let me give you a picture. It, I don't care if you're a fisherman on a vessel or a kayak, or maybe you are uh, on a large uh, shipping vessel. If you see an aircraft carrier on your horizon, I guarantee you, you're going to feel the presence. You're going to look from afar and see, even if it's on the very horizon, maybe it's a smallish-looking aircraft carrier, you're going to feel the presence of that carrier, and you're going to feel the authority that comes with it. Because that thing is armed to the teeth. And it's, gonna, it's, it's built and designed to carry out a mission. So the prophetic word that we listened to earlier today said, Legacy City Church is a glory carrier. How does that fit with us? Do we truly believe that we're a glory carrier? Do we have faith for that? Do we have faith for that? It's a big word. So if we're, if our purpose after we we're Carrying Christ with us is to bring glory to the Father, is to increase the glory of of God, increase the glory of Jesus. We become glory carriers. How do we do that? What's one of the practical ways? It's through the the giving people prophetic words, and and it's releasing the words that need to be spoken so that people know and understand that Jesus really is Lord, and he really does love you, and he really does want you to be living in wholeness. He really does want you to be healthy and, and restored. And that's how you become a glory carrier. And th- these are just giving you those windows of opportunity to like, hey, check this out. And these, these wonders, these scientists and wonders get greater and greater and greater. Because Jesus said, you're, you're going to do greater things than I did even here. And it has to be greater and greater because the enemy is trying to get greater and greater. He has to use even excelled levels of deception. So we have to be a glory carrier that eclipses the work of the enemy. And believe me, I think Jesus can eclipse him. All right. That's what I wanted to, I want to kind of try to make that, these are practical ways, but I, want, I kind of want us all to understand that practical connection. What are we doing here? We're doing our lives, we're going to work, we're trying to run businesses, we're trying to do the thing, but every step of the way, we're in alignment with the Father, we're projecting his truth into the world. Okay, so the last thing. So Scott and Tammy, if you would, if you don't mind coming up. Yeah. So this is, even this, oops, I hope I don't hit you, bam. Um, this is a shofar. Okay, so it is a prophetic picture of Jesus because something had to die for a sound to be released through this instrument, okay? So I'm going to blow this sound of the shofar, and when I'm blowing this sound, so 
just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because for some of it's hard, like, God, I don't know how I could represent you. I ask myself that question. I don't know how to represent you to the world. I don't know if I know you enough. I don't know if I feel you enough. I don't know if I understand your word enough. He's going to send his Holy Spirit to you, and he's going to teach you. And you can just let him, let him teach you. He's got all the answers. He's got the answers for you and you and you. He's got all the answers for you and you. He's got the answers for me. He's going to teach us. Um, believe that you are a glory carrier. You are a glory carrier of the kingdom. Believe it. That's a really good, strong word, an amazing word. But we are also we also going to pray that Scott and Tammy are also those ministers who commission people to go out. You're receiving people in. You get them all, whatever, you, you, you partner with God to patch them up and, and get them strengthened in Christ, bringing in, bring in maturity and understanding, but you also commission and release and send out. That's what a carrier does. So as you hear this sound, ask the Father, because you can ask the Father, Lord, teach me something more about your, yourself so that I understand you in a greater measure, so that I can connect your word to the people around me, and also pray that that uh, Scott and Tammy are endued with the power of Christ <laughs> to do to fulfill that mission. Because that's a that's a weighty that's a weighty uh, word. It takes an admiral, uh, I think, uh, or someone high ranking to run one of those things. So you're you're gonna need it. But thank God you have God <laughs> to teach you all things. All right. Okay, so it's just going to be one long blast. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you, and then we're, we're out of here. All right, we can say amen.